Welcome to the Nip Tuck Coach Radio, your cosmetic surgery connection. Join cosmetic surgery Nip Tuck Coach, beauty expert, and author of Safety First, A Consumer Guide to Cosmetic Surgery, Michelle Garber, your host of the Nip Tuck Radio Show. Michelle's goal is to empower listeners and help them make safe cosmetic surgery procedure choices. This fun and lively show explores the world of beauty and cosmetic surgery and features expert guests on a variety of topics. No hype. Your host, Michelle Garber, is here today to help you navigate the confusing world of cosmetic surgery. Hi, everyone. This is Michelle Garber, your host, and we're broadcasting live this afternoon from San Francisco. Welcome to another episode of Nip Tuck Talk Radio, and happy Friday the 13th. If you don't know me, I'm founder of Nip Tuck Coach, an independent cosmetic procedure consultancy, and I'm a patient advocate. And my goal is to help you navigate the confusing world of cosmetic procedures by keeping you safe and well-informed so that not only do you get a great result, but you get the best result. To create more consumer awareness for safety and beauty, I've written a comprehensive guide called Safety First, the 10 Golden Rules for Safe Cosmetic Surgery, which you can download for free at my website, which is www.niptuckcoach.com. The world of cosmetic dermatology is always buzzing with new technologies and hot topics. And I'm excited to have with me this afternoon Washington's top dermatologist, Dr. Tina Alster. Good afternoon, Dr. Alster. How are you? I'm good. Good afternoon to you and your listeners, Michelle. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you. So we're going to talk about three hot topics today, microneedling, reducing cellulite, and how to get rid of that double chin without surgery. So these are very exciting. Dr. Tina Alster is the founding director of the Washington Institute of Dermatologic Laser and Surgery and is a clinical professor of dermatology at Georgetown University Medical Center in Washington, D.C. She is world-recognized leader in dermatologic laser surgery, has published over 250 peer-reviewed articles, 50 book chapters, and eight textbooks on the subject. Dr. Alster has served as the consulting dermatologist to Lacombe Lemaire. She developed her own skincare line, Skin is In, in 2011. Her contributions to the field have been acknowledged by listings in American Top Doctor, Town and Country's Best Cosmetic Surgeons, America Elite, 1000, Allure's Influencer of the Year, El Genius Award, and Washingtonian's Best Doctor. She has also appeared on national and international TV radio shows, including Oprah, Today Show, CNN, Daily Show, Jon Stewart, 2020, Discovery Channel, and more. So again, thank you for joining me. So let's talk about microneedling first. I know there's a lot of controversy in amongst uh, thought leaders in the in the industry about microneedling. And microneedling that's been around for a long time. I mean, it's not a new technology, correct? It's, it, that's correct, Michelle. It is not. In fact, it's been around for decades. And as a primary laser user and abuser, I have to say that I dragged my feet on this for a while thinking, how could microneedling be better than what I currently have in my office? And I have well over 20, 30 lasers in my office for getting rid of scars and wrinkles. But you know what? The newer microneedling devices are much more controlled and they're sterile with sin- single-use treatment tips. And we can use them very nicely for a number of 
either small or large areas. In fact, just this morning, I treated half a dozen patients with lines around their mouth, specifically with microneedling, where in the past, I would have used one of my more intense lasers or even fillers to improve that area. So, yeah, it's, it's an old, um, uh, decades-old treatment, which has be, become a, a little bit more popularized in the last year or so, so much so that even uh, next week during the annual meeting of the American Academy of Dermatology in San Francisco, your, your town, we will actually be demonstrating and talking about microneedling. So it's interesting because I read that the early stages of microneedling began actually in the 1900s, early 1900s, and it was used for acne scarring and wound healing. And it's coming around again. Why now? Why, why is all the excitement now about microneedling? I mean, it's taken a lot of years to evolve. Well, you know, in the past, um, even before the resurgence of lasers, which we have been popularizing over the last few decades, um, you know, needles were what we had available. But the older techniques, recall, uh, you may recall, were either individually putting little, pricking the skin with holes, or even using a roller to roll needles through the skin. These days, um, we have a high speed um, uh, little needles. In fact, my device has 36 little needles needles that um, I can adjust the depth of the needle penetration and, and create a very um, uh, unique and, um, and controlled wounding of the skin uh, without um, a, a lot of blood, without a lot of healing, uh, without any pain. Um, and so right now there's a resurgence because I think people, you know, it's so typical. We, start, we go down one road where we're very involved with using lasers and we end up having a lot of recovery. And now people are kind of backtracking, saying, isn't there anything a little bit easier? And so these old things kind of come about again. It, it's funny because uh, we see this a lot even um, with, with lasers themselves, where we used to be very, very aggressive, and now we've kind of dialed down the, the power, and, and we're getting some nice results with using less invasive technology. So, um, again, microneedling is one of those things that uh, there are a wide range of different systems available. They all do different things, and it's a matter of finding the one that works best in a particular operator's hands. Um, and, and like I say, I've been using it for lines around the mouth in the past where I would be using lasers. Um, I still use lasers every day. I do many more laser treatments and microneedling treatments, but there are some things that I really have enjoyed using the microneedling for, and like I say, the lines around the mouth are a good one. Um, uh, uh, another one is large pores around the nose. Um, I've also been um, using them in, in particularly with people with darker skin tones um, because with many of the lasers, we run into problems with healing um, after certain procedures uh, when we use lasers. So I think that the microneedling is kind of finding a way into our daily repertoire as operators, and, uh, and I don't poo-poo them anymore because I've now tried them. When you use your microneedling device, so let's explain a little bit about what this is. It looks like a pen, and it's got little tiny surgical needle, needles. And can you explain how the treatment's actually performed, and do you numb the skin beforehand? 
Yes, well, I typically will um, uh, apply a topical numbing lidocaine cream to the skin for as little as 15 minutes, but usually about 30 minutes prior to a procedure. Um, and that's all that most people need in order to have a very comfortable treatment where um, anywhere between usually a dozen and upwards of 36 tiny little needles, we call them micro needles, which are encased in usually a spring-loaded single-use cartridge um, allows these needles to kind of penetrate into the surface of the skin down to about two and a half millimeters with the more advanced micro needles. What happens is that with these particular pen-like devices, which we move across the surface of the skin, is that these little micro needles will pierce the skin and allow uh, these microscopic holes to um, to be produced into the skin, which lead, just, just even without putting anything else on the skin, it will lead to the release of growth factors in the skin, which help to heal and produce new collagen. And collagen, as you know, Michelle, is one of the major building blocks of our skin. Uh, in fact, we use collagen where we have in the past to inject, to fill in um, acne scars or to fill in wrinkles and other lines. So what we're doing with this controlled type of wounding of the skin is permitting the, your own body to um, release some of the growth factors and create new collagen to fill in a defect in the skin. So it's an old way of using um, a controlled injury to produce a, a new skin. It's almost like resurfacing a road. You're just resurfacing the skin. And um, it sounds really barbaric, and in fact, it used to be, but these days, these new little devices are nice and clean and they're not they're they're not hard to use um, they're just you just need to figure out what um, areas of the face would do better with it or even on the body and how to use the different settings to create the type of wound that you would need to improve a wrinkle or a scar do you use a topical serum in conjunction with this or not well, that's a good question because a lot of people will use um, a topical serum, whether it's a vitamin C to enhance, again, more collagen formation or other growth factors to improve the new collagen formation. Um, other people are using uh, other things to enhance hair growth, for instance. Um, some people are using micro channels with these with these. Uh, these derma pens and whatnot to uh, uh, enhance delivery of certain things in the skin uh, in a macroscopic way. Um, I typically will, at the very most, use a, a little bit of um, hyaluronic acid, which is what we have in our skin to kind of cushion the skin. It's also what we use when we use a variety of dermal fillers like Restylane or Perlane or Juvederm or Voluma. Um, you can actually create these little wounds in the skin and put on a little hyaluronic acid on top to kind of plump directly without having to use more intense needles deep into the dermis. So there are a lot of different ways that you can wound the skin, plus or minus adding a topical agent to um, do a variety of different things. So when you are actually using the, the Dermapen or any microneedling device, um, it's a little bloody, correct? Yes, it's a little bloody, but the blood the blood is very quickly uh, relieved with just some cool ice cold water compresses. In fact, when people leave my office after having one of these procedures, uh, we do treat to the point where there is a little bit of blood, not so much blood. We put some cool like ice water compresses on it for 
I don't two minutes, and then they walk out and it's not bleeding anymore. We just put on a, a little moisturizing cream. Um, sometimes, again, we tell people to use a hyaluronic acid-containing um, serum, again, to keep the area plumped up and well-moisturized, and away they go. Uh, most of the time, people are only red uh, or a little pink in the tissue-treated areas for about um, – anywhere between two and upwards of five days. Usually within two days, even when people are a little pink, they can put makeup on top of a good moisturizer and go about their daily activities. So, um, for instance, today being Friday, I was doing, as I said, a number of these micro-needling uh, procedures, and I expect that every single one of the people I treated will be able to go back to their work or regular activities by Monday. Is there any crustiness? that forms from the microneedling? Well, if certainly crustiness can occur if you do not um, moisturize the skin well, so that's the reason why I don't like people to apply makeup immediately because it is a controlled wound, much like if you had skinned your knee, you don't want to put makeup right on top of a skinned knee. Um, you would want to keep that uh, covered, and in the way that I have people cover these areas, it's not so much with a Band-Aid, but with um, uh, a, either an ointment or a soothing balm uh, to keep the area well moisturized. If you keep the area well moisturized, it should not crust because the new skin that comes into play will come in very nicely through that moisturized barrier that you've produced by using the special uh, cream that we have them use. So there is some downtime. This is not a treatment that you would recommend if someone had a big event. Oh, no, absolutely not. So I, I, if people tell me that they're planning to go out to dinner uh, the evening that they have one of these procedures, I say I hope that they're really good friends because you're going to look very odd. Um, I would prefer that people at the very least take that evening off, and if they want to go out, they feel perfectly fine. They just don't look good because they look like they have, if we're treating around the mouth, uh, they look like they have a red muzzle, or if we're treating the pores on the nose, they look like they have a very red nose. But people will feel fine. They will not be in any discomfort by any means. Now, what about who should perform this treatment? Like, I was really surprised to see microneedling pens on sale on eBay. So someone can, I can buy a pen on eBay for $50. That's a little scary. That, I think that's very scary. And in fact, in your state, Michelle, um, and I found this out because I don't hold a, a California medical license, and so I cannot even perform this treatment during the course of the upcoming meeting in San Francisco. Really? Which with doctors, yeah, I would have had to actually get a medical license in the state of California in order to do the microneedling procedure on the stage. So I'm videotaping the procedure to show to my colleagues. Now, I learned a lot just by that little interplay um, because they said that not even estheticians should be performing microneedling in the state of California. And this is a state-by-state -state type of situation um, because estheticians are not supposed to be doing any procedures that break the surface of the skin or cause bleeding. So this is this was read straight out of uh, whatever manual the state of California has. So, um, for instance, not even I as a physician am able to do microneedling in the state of California unless I had a medical license there. So, again, this is not something that people should be taking lightly. It is a medical procedure. It is dictated by the particular state in which you reside um, or practice. But um, suffice it to say, this is not something that you should be doing at home on your own unless you are a board-certified doctor. 
Yes, so I'm very surprised to see this on on eBay, um, though they were from China and Japan. So <laughs> I guess <laughs> well, that yeah. I guess I that mean, says it all, all right? And on eBay, but we want to um, caution again. It, but we want to caution people not to buy. Excuse me. I said it, it is a controlled wound, but you can actually um, uh, impart a lot of damage into the skin and induce infection in any number of other things like scarring, which is not what you would want to do. No. So we do want to caution any listeners if they think that they can buy one of these on eBay not to, that it's a pretty dangerous thing to do if you're not well-trained. What is the cost of these treatments? And how many do you typically need to see results? Well, um, the cost of the treatments will vary on how large an area is treated. I think that they can start as low as $250, but they usually range about $500 and more a piece. Again, it depends on the size of the area being treated, how delicate that, that tissue is, et cetera. So um, my, my cost uh, or my charges will range anywhere from $250 on up. Um, and, and most of my patients, if not all, that I have treated will see an improvement even after one treatment. Um, I would not want to even evaluate what their response to that individual treatment is for a month. Um, it takes, even though it only takes a few days for the surface healing to occur, it takes upwards of a month to see what the final result from the previous treatment is. So I would have people come back in one month's time to evaluate the response, and if uh, the person wants to undergo another treatment, we do it at that time. In general, I am doing, um, on average, about three treatments separated by monthly intervals, but for those people who have more severe wrinkles or scars or persistent pores that they want to get further tightening or improvement of the um, irregularity of their skin, additional treatments can be performed with no problem. So again, I prepare people for at least a couple, if not three treatments in a row. They can stop at any time, say if after one or two treatments they, they're happy with their results, there's no reason to continue. If on the other hand, they want to continue to receive um, further improvement, they would be booking at monthly intervals. And certainly they can wait longer in between the treatments if, if need be. So how do you evaluate between doing a laser treatment versus a microneedling treatment on, on a patient? Well, that's a very, very good question, Michelle, because I deal with that every day, and since I have so many devices, I can afford to be choosy, as can my patients. Um, I'm finding that I end up um, doing a number of different um, treatment cocktails, so to speak, meaning that I will mix and match different treatments that I have available in the same session. As I mentioned before, I really am liking the microneedling for wrinkles around the mouth, and I often will use the microneedling at the same time as I would perhaps do a clear and brilliant fractionated laser on the rest of the face. And the reason why I like to mix and match them is because I do like the microneedling for certain areas more than the laser, and I like the laser for certain areas more than the microneedling. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't use one or the other over the entire face, but I do think that there are some areas that the microneedling works better on, and that is clearly to kind of 
till the land, for lack of a better word, uh, for those deeper lines around the mouth and certainly for the pores on the nose. And I would do that just prior to doing the, um, uh, the Clear and Brilliant Fraxel laser, for instance, over the entire face. Um, I often as well will mix and match um, injectables uh, such as um, Botox or Dysport or Xeomin uh, to immobilize certain muscles and at the same time microneedle um, uh, lines in certain areas as well. So um, I think where I do find that I, I prefer the microneedling is uh, in, in several patients with darker skin tones. And the reason why I like the microneedling for people with darker skin tones is oftentimes lasers, because of the heat that is induced into, in the skin from the laser, that the, the heat will produce a little bit of abnormal pigmentation uh, in patients with darker skin tones, it's particularly if they get accidentally exposed to the sun afterwards. So even though I treat a lot of people with darker skin tones, we have to watch them more carefully after a laser procedure. Um, whereas with microneedling, uh, the pigmentation is less of a problem in terms of the postoperative recovery. I haven't found it to be um, a problem in terms of prolonged redness which can lead to um, hyperpigmentation or something that we call PIH, which is post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, which is a problem when we use some of these lasers that induce a lot of heat into the skin. Again, um, before I had microneedling, did I use lasers on people with darker skin tones? Absolutely, and I still do today. But for people with large pores and lines, um, these days I'm really picking up my, um, my microneedling device a lot more often than I am my laser in these individuals. Oh, that's interesting. And if an individual is coming in for, um, say, some filler and one in microneedling, do you have to wait a couple weeks either um, after the filler or before the filler, or can you do it at the same time? I often will do it at the same time. Um, there was somebody, for instance, today that I saw who actually had been on my schedule to do fillers and um, and relaxers, the, the Botox and Dysport, and she had not heard about microneedling before. So what I did with her was that, of course, I did do um, some Botox in her brow, but instead of doing the filler, I did the microneedling, and I said that I wanted to see oh. what she would do with just the microneedling alone. It doesn't mean in the future how however, that I wouldn't want to do the two together. Say if she has deeper lines that I know would do better with just a, a direct fill. But I'm hopeful that the microneedling that we performed on this patient today will prevent her, her from having to do as much filler or perhaps any filler in the future because whatever improvement she microneedling is, is a long-standing result. Um, you can do the two together, however. It's just that when you have finer lines or, or pores, it's really easier to do the microneedling than it is to do tiny little injections in each of these areas that you would have to do if you, ha if you were using fillers. Now, that's very interesting. So is she coming in for filler around her upper lip area? Yes, she was. She was coming in for oh, fillers, okay. and which is really not my first choice for upper lip lines. To be honest, as a as a laser user and abuser, I love lasers for lines around the mouth, particularly for non-movement lines. Um, but now that we've been using the microneedle, I have been doing that a lot more for those discrete lines above the lip than even fillers or, or lasers. So um, it's really one of the two um, things that I treat the most with the, mic the microneedle. That's very interesting. So instead of getting some Restylane silk or Belotero, 
up above your lip line to do the microneedling instead. Very interesting. All right, we're going to switch gears right now a little bit. And okay. let's talk about Kythera. Did I pronounce that right? Kythera? Kythera, yes, indeed. Uh-huh. Kythera ATX 101, which is not FDA approved yet, I understand, but has received the recommendation just on Monday. And I understand that you were part of the hearing. And let's talk about this. It's, a, it's an ejectable drug for the submental fullness for the double chin, correct? That's correct. And, you know, there are so many people that are affected by this submental fullness or double chin. In fact, last year we did a consumer survey on cosmetic dermatologic procedures through the American Society of Dermatologic Surgery, which found that nearly 70% of consumers are somewhat to extremely bothered by their submental fullness or lack of their a lack of a discrete jawline. Um, in fact, I've seen this personally with my own patients and myself, as many of them identify the area under their chin as a chief concern. You know, as, um, as a cosmetic dermatologist, I am often um, uh, consulted on, but mostly for the upper face, you know, people talking about their frown lines or their crow's feet. But now more attention is being focused on the bottom half of the face. And this double chin is, um, is a problem. It's a common misconception that submental fullness only occurs in those who are overweight, but it actually occurs in a variety of body types. Um, and it can be resistant to diet and exercise. And, and you can even see it in young patients and, or in those who have a normal uh, body mass. So, again, this submental fullness is not just in people who are overweight. Um, and, and we know that this is something that can lead to a negative self-impression, even among younger patients. So it is a significant concern for which we really haven't had um, any good treatments that were non-invasive through the years. So this ATX-101 is a game changer, um, and we are all hopeful that it will get the final approval by the FDA in May of this year. So. We only have a couple more months to wait. How does this actually work? It, it's an injectable drug, so how? Explain this a little bit more. Sure. The, the injectable drug is um, is something that will actually dissolve fat. Um, and it's the only um, thing of its kind. There is no uh, nothing else on the market, and certainly nothing that's been FDA approved, that can melt fat in this way. The problem is that there there is um, a learning curve with injecting this, not so much with the actual injection itself, but knowing the anatomy of um, where to inject this. You know, it's not like, oh, you just can inject it willy-nilly, because there, there can be problems uh, with doing it that way. I mean, there's obviously the bruising and discomfort associated with the injection, but once you, once you have the proper training about where this can be injected, it usually only takes, um, you know, uh, well, about three to six, I think the, the studies were really related to a, a series of six separate injections in, at different intervals um, to uh, get rid of that submental fullness, although I suspect that as we get better and better at using this, that fewer injections will be needed. So it really just melts or emulsifies the fat um, in those areas, and your body 
processes that fat, it's, it actually doesn't lead to a rise in your serum lipids or cholesterol like eating a Big Mac, okay? It's safer actually to get this treatment uh, in terms of, of your lipid profile or your fat profile. It's, it's fat safer than eating a Big Mac at McDonald's. So um, in, in any case, it, it, it is something that um, is a standalone procedure. Um, I think that once people get hear about it, there's going to be a big push to, um, to get treatment uh, in this area. Because in the past, all you could do is undergo liposuction or, uh, or even a facelift where they use liposuction and take away that fat under your chin. So um, this is really uh, very exciting stuff. And uh, all of us who are involved in cosmetic dermatology um, are excited about the possibility of, of having this available for our patients. Have you actually seen the device? Well, it's 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 just a, an injectable, so it's it's just, just a injectable. syringe. Um, it's not it's not a device per se. It, you'll just have to have um, you're going to have to have special training in terms of how what are the landmarks that you would need to use in order to inject it. But it's not like having something you have to plug into a wall. This is literally in a syringe. So um, I have not used it myself. I was not one of the people who uh, performed the uh, the studies for this, but it is a very um, a simple thing to do if you know your anatomy. So, again, I think that this is going to be a game changer and will help to improve the appearance uh, of that kind of that fatty wobble-gobble thing, you know, those waddles under your chin. Uh, and, and a lot of times, like I say, people will start noticing these things fairly early. Like, I've, I've had actually 20-year-olds um, come in complaining of this little waddle. So, again, this is not age-dependent or weight dependent. I think a lot of it is genetics, um, and it's, it's going to be a, a really nice um, addition to our treatment armamentarium. It sounds very exciting. So you're going to inject a drug under the chin, and I would imagine, as, as you say, knowing anatomy is going to be very important as to where to inject it so that you have, so, because, so it's even, you know, sometimes even with liposuction, you get it's not so even, and you get lumps and bumps, and it doesn't look That's so very great. That's true. Even. I mean, I think again, it, it's like anything else. There's going to be um, a learning curve for people who are not used to doing injections. But those of us who've been using injectables as well as other devices in um, very um, controlled manner, I think this is not going to be hard for those of us who do this all the time to to perform. Again. For those uh, practitioners or, God forbid, non-practitioners who think it's as easy as grabbing a syringe and sticking it in the area. Yeah, that's chin, what I worry uh, about. Very scary. That's, and I think that yes, the, that's, I mean, the that's something that, is, that... Yeah, the, the, the company is very wary of this, and they have several teaching um, uh, symposia and, and whatnot in place, I think, for when they roll this out. They do not plan to sell this to anybody who wants to buy it. I, I think that they, they're going to be very responsible in terms of only putting it in the hands of people who show um, uh, uh, prowess with, with its use and understand how to use it. So, again, um, I, I think that uh, there's going to be a learning curve, but it's, it's not as scary, I don't think, as many 
any of the lasers and other devices that are being used in any number of, of ways um, in, in malls and whatnot by by, by non-physicians and other people who are not trained. So, uh, again, while I, I would be concerned about safety, um, I, I think that the company is going to be on it pretty early on because they've been committed to rolling this out in the correct way. Well, that's good to know because if it's an injection, <laughs> consumers think, oh, I'll just go get an injection, and they don't understand some of the complications and and um, where it's sometimes to go and get this from a CORE-certified uh, doctor. And so, yeah, I think safety becomes an issue when it's something as, in the minds of consumers, simple as an injection. Um, do you think this may replace liposuction? Um, I think that it will replace some liposuction, but I, I tend to think that the people who will be going for this are the people that may not have been good candidates for liposuction to begin with or who may have never gone down that road uh, for liposuction. There, you know, liposuction has a lot of, of problems in and of itself. It's a lot more invasive than um, simply uh, sticking needles in, in somebody's, you know, under chin area. So I think in some ways it will replace it. It can also be, be used as an adjunct to liposuction. So I I think liposuction is a well-researched and used um, uh, treatment on people that do it, which I don't, but the people that do it are, are quite skilled at it, and it won't be replaced by this, but I think that in this region, um, in this submental, you know, double-chin area, this is going to be, like I say, a game-changer. I, I, I'm most excited for me and my patients, <laughs> so uh, I can't, I, can't I, I have to say that uh, in my line of work, there haven't been a lot lot of things that I've been super excited about over the years, and, and this is something that I am excited about. So uh, I think everybody should be keeping their eyes and ears open for this in, in the year to come. Especially since selfies has, um, everyone wants to look their best when they're taking their <laughs> exactly, selfies, exactly. right? It, and the it, chin so is many, an area, the double chin, right? Oh. Exactly. You know, then people can actually take selfies looking down rather than always looking up. Because, right, uh, right, right. So this also it, sounds like it would be a good adjunct with the lower facelift. It, it could be, sure. But if you're going to be doing a lower facelift, to be honest with you, you're already in there and you can you can take that fat out just all by itself. You don't need to, you know, worry about injectables. But it is nice for fine-tuning. And, again, I think there are going to be a number of other things that we'll be able to do with it. It, it will go beyond the, the submental or chin area as time goes on. Certainly you have to start in one area. But you can imagine down the line that, you know, there will be other areas of fat that perhaps can be uh, treated successfully and safely uh, using this ATX 101, which hopefully they will actually change the name because who's going to remember <laughs> ATX 101? <laughs> yeah, but this definitely does sound exciting. Do you have any idea what the cost will be? No idea, and believe me, we've all asked, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be out astronomical. I think it's going to be well within the reach of, um, of the, uh, the consumers that will be needing it. I, I can't believe that it would be so astronomically expensive that, that they'll price themselves out of the market. They certainly want to, everybody to have this done. So, um, again, your guess is as good as mine, Michelle. We'll just have to wait and see. And when do you think it will become available or the approval? If the approval happens in, in May, we hope to have it in our hands for treatment in the fall. Wow, that's great. That is very exciting. Definitely a game changer. 
And another game changer is Selfina. Yes, in fact, I, I think I may have told you, I just came out of, yes, you did. Uh, of a Selfina treatment today. In fact, I'm getting to be really good at them. I used, to, I used to have to be in the OR for, you know, a couple of hours with this, but now I just did a very a large amount of cellulite. We're getting rid of cellulite with Selfina, and this is uh, a really uh, an, another exciting new treatment um, that is non-invasive. It does not involve liposuction. It doesn't involve cutting, but it's the only FDA-cleared cellulite treatment with a long-lasting result, at least a year, if not longer. The only reason why they say it lasts a year is because that's how long the studies were. But as far as I'm concerned, once you kind of get rid of that cellulite and those dimples that we kind of release the, the bands on, that's a permanent effect. So the Selfina is something that's new and, and exciting, and um, uh, I think that, again, is a game changer because there's really been nothing else that we can use for cellulite, and we know how ubiquitous it is with women all over the planet. So Selfina is a new, it's FDA cleared for reducing yes. cellulite. Uh, I, I saw the before and after pictures online, and they looked very promising. Now, when we talk about reducing, is this a reduction, elimination, a permanent elimination? Because I think consumers get confused by some of this terminology. Exactly. Well, you bring up a good point because many of the devices that have been used um, in the past and, and continue to be used have talked about reducing cellulite, not necessarily treating cellulite. And the FDA and others are very um, uh, strict about how these things are promoted. I can tell you that this is the only thing that I have seen that can eliminate the cellulitic dimples the ones that are targeted. I mean, you can't get rid of all cellulite uh, with this device. But what this is, it's a little different than using many of the energy-based devices like radio frequency or lasers um, and other things that we have used in the past, which kind of give a temporary improvement and, and sometimes a long-standing improvement um, just by, uh, by um, changing the contour of the dermis, which is a deeper portion of the skin. And this, this particular device is, um, is minimal invasive. I don't want to say it's it's non-invasive because it does involve the inject the insertion of a special um, uh, it's a specialized handheld device that we um, inject um, and numb up the area. You have to be numbed up because you're literally cutting through these bands using a very special blade that releases these bands that hold or pucker the skin down deep that causes the dimpling. And there is nothing else that can do this um, uh, outside of trying to break it all up with liposuction, which, as you know, will lead to some other contour irregularities if you're not careful. So this is something that I think that is permanent because once you break those bands, they do not grow back together. Um, and, and the Selfina um, device people have really come up with a, a very specific way to get cut through these bands at all the same levels so you don't end up with irregular contours because you're snipping bands at one part or another. It's, it's really, it, you have to see it in action because it's hard to explain outside of the fact that it's, it, it's a specialized handheld device that helps to um, 
slice through it. I hate to slice it because it sounds like, oh, my God, you're using this big blade. But it's a specialized way to snip these little um, indentations. And there's really the recovery is hardly anything. It's just a little bit of bruising um, and, and soreness for, I'd say, two or three days. But it doesn't prevent people from uh, going around uh, about their daily activities uh, within, like, 24 hours. So... I, I really like the So procedure. is your tush sore from it? If you if you're getting it tush, done and you're uh, so, yeah, back. it can be a little sore. <laughs> is your um, tush sore? <laughs> just for a day. Um we do this on, on the buttocks and the and the thighs, um, but you have to choose the dimples carefully. It's not good for just loose skin. You know, people think they have cellulite because they have loose skin. The loose skin is not treated by this. These are for the individual dimples that we associate with cellulite. And so the dimples are really caused by these bands like pulling down deep into the skin. And all we're doing is kind of releasing. It's like a rubber band. You just release it and and the, the little dimple pumps that right back up so it gives you a nice contour. And I'm telling you that every single person I have treated with Selfina has had a wonderful effect on the dimples that we target. Now, clearly, those people who come in with loose skin, I'm turning them around saying, I can't treat you with a Selfina device. I can't do anything for the loose skin with this device. But for the dimples, absolutely a home run. So I'm really, um, I'm, I've been overall very pleased with it. I wish um, we had a home run when it comes to loose skin. We do have some devices that work very nicely for loose skin, but again, not home runs, just some things that can tighten it. Um, so I, I am happy about the Selfina, but there is a learning curve. Uh, even for somebody like myself who do these type of procedures day in and day out, because it's so different from my lasers or microneedling or any of the other things that I do, it took me a while to get used to um, using the device and also selecting the right patients. Um, so, well, uh, I was going to ask you about that. That that is one question I was going to ask you. Who is the best candidate for this? Well, you know, it it certainly is not age dependent. Okay, in fact, the girl I did today is only in her early twenties, but she has quite a bit of dimpling. So what you want is to have the dimples. This is a time when, if you have cellulite, it's better to have dimples than non dimples because the dimples can be released and they work very very nicely. Um, again, it, it's not for people who have just a loose sagging skin. Um, so, uh, and not that's not to say that there isn't something for them, but this is not it. Uh, so I, I literally have people bare all, you know, they have to show me their buttocks and the backs of their thighs. And a lot of women don't like to do that. <laughs> um, but you really have to take a good look. And I literally circle each of the dimples so that I know when I have them on the table where I need to go with a device. And literally this specialized handheld device releases the bands that are causing the dimples to occur. And um, it's 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 really not a hard procedure, but I give the Selfina um, people uh, credit for coming up with something that made sense and is reproducible in terms of the results. Um, you just have to choose the dimples wisely. Uh, and um, and I think that if, so if you look in the mirror and you have dimples on your buttocks <laughs> or your thighs, you can have Selfina. And I bet you there are a lot of people who are going to be hearing this program. If you're at home, right. you can the mirror, and if you see dimples, find somebody who has a Selfina device because there really isn't anything else like it. Now, what about on your abdomen or arms? Can that be treated with Selfina? 
Well, you know, the abdomen, and eventually that may be the case. Right now, no. Um, again, the cellulite that I'm talking about are those puckers, and you really don't see those puckers to any significant degree in non-buttock or, or thigh areas. You may find a little bit on your abdomen, but there's also a lot of fat in there too. Uh, in the arms, many times it's just loose skin. So, again, with the puckers, what you're trying to do is um, basically target the problem that causes the cellulite, which is that downward pull of those, uh, of those fibrous bands in the dimpled areas. So, again, no, not right now. Maybe in the future as we get better and maybe some changes can occur with the delivery of the device. Right now we're just going after the buttocks and the thighs. And you know what? There are a lot of those out there that need some de-dimpling. <laughs> That's very true. And how long before you see results? Well, the results are literally seen um, within a matter of days. The final result oh. may take about a month to be seen, but even in the first week that people have this done, uh, they, once there's a little bit of bruising that can occur. The bruising is mostly related to um, using the injections for the anesthesia. Uh, so when the bruising goes away, people all of a sudden, they, they, I get emails all the time going, I can't believe it. I don't have that dimple on my thigh. I can't believe it. this is happening. <laughs> I, 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 again, you know, email is probably not the best way you should be going around telling people about the dimples on your buttocks. But um, I get those all the time. People will say it's almost immediate. Um, I can't tell right when I do it because the, the, the skin is um, – is a little bit swollen from the from the actual procedure, but literally within I'd say 48 hours when, is when I start hearing from my patients saying that they can notice a difference. And certainly when I see them back a month later is when I I know that those those bands have been released. We definitely see improvement, and we take pictures so we can we can trace it. Is this a one-time procedure, or do you have to come back multiple times well, to get treated for the same dimple? No, for this, for the, once that dimple has been released, that's done. It's like cutting an elastic band. So you reduce the appearance of that cellulite in a single treatment. You can't. It's not like the band grows back together. There's no further band to release. So it's a one-time treatment for that dimple. What I have found, there's only been a couple of patients that I've treated that have come back for additional treatments, but not for the same areas, for other areas. So early on, I was limiting the areas to maybe six or ten dimples. Now today for instance, I did probably about 30 dimples on this individual. So um, I'm doing more and more in a single session because I'm getting faster at doing it as well. How long does it take if you're, if you're doing, say, 30 dimples? Uh, today it took me an hour to do 30 dimples, um, but I'm fast. Um, I would say if most people starting out, you should plan to be in the doctor's office for at least an hour and a half, if not two hours. Um, it, again, it's a matter of just setting it up. The actual release of the dimples um, doesn't take but a matter of seconds. But the device takes a while to kind of get used to from, a, from the operator's standpoint. It doesn't hurt anymore for the patient's standpoint. They're, they're just lying there. We, we play whatever music they want to hear, and they're, they're just happy to lie down, and some of them snooze away. Some of them like to to be in on the action and tell jokes. Um, today we had a singer today, so she was just singing along with the music. <laughs> and will the cellulite not return to that same area? So it's gone, right, in that yeah, particular that, spot? That 
dimple is, that dimple is gone. That doesn't mean, however, that you couldn't develop other cellulite uh, or that uh, what I find is um, that people start noticing other areas. Um, so that dimple is gone, but then you may notice, oh, well, I want to get rid of this dimple now. For the most part, as I've been getting better at it, I'm just trying to get as many dimples as possible in one fell swoop. So um, <laughs> we go for it as much as we can. I figure if I have them here and we're going to go through it, we're going to go for as many dimples as possible. Have you had the treatment done on yourself? Oh, yes, I have. I cannot believe that I'm telling you this on the radio. Yeah, but, well, I want... <laughs> but you know what? Are you, are you dimple-free? About 95% of women, uh, post-pubescent women, have cellulite, and the, uh, uh, the other 5% think they have it. So, um, you know, it is a very common problem. So I was uh, treatment study patient number one in my office. So, yes, I bear it all to my staff, um, even to the people at, at Selfina itself. And uh, so I'd like to say that my bottom is famous. I hope it's not so famous, but I'm sure that my pictures are circulating without my name somewhere. Mine is a pretty bottom, however. I want you just to know mine is a pretty bottom of all the bottoms. <laughs> what did it feel like? Actually, it really wasn't bad, which is, again, one of the things that I like about being in this industry and, of course, getting old with my patients is that I've been doing all of these treatments to myself for right. years. Um, and so uh, the, the treatment itself was not painful. The hardest, the hardest thing, quite frankly, was um, there was a little suction device. So they literally your skin is sucked up into this little suction chamber while you're getting the anesthesia, and that's kind of a weird feeling. But after that, you just walk around with a, a numb bottom for a couple of hours afterwards and you have to go around with the depends undergarment for the first evening because of the 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 anesthesia uh, a lot of fluid comes out from the anesthesia we really get a, a lot of anesthesia in there so that people are not uncomfortable you don't feel a thing actually after the anesthesia goes in not a thing were you bruised I was bruised for a couple of days. My husband was kind of wondering what these bruises <laughs> on my bottom were because I didn't let him know that I was going to be coming home with bruises on my bottom. It's a good thing he still looks, however. Um, but they were right, exactly. <laughs> so he was wondering how I ended up with these bruises, but um, they only lasted for a couple of days. A little Fifty um, Shades of Grey, maybe. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but um, I did do Zumba the next. I have to say, I was I had this done on a Friday late afternoon, and on Saturday morning I was actually enjoying my Zumba cat class at ten o'clock. Oh, okay. So, so I, I was able away to go back pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very very much so. The only thing that I tell people that they really can't do um, is uh, because of the needle insertions um, is to go into a hot tub or um, or a sauna or anything um, of that nature for, for a few days after the procedure. But otherwise, if they feel like they want to go and exercise, they certainly can. Now, if someone has had fat transfer, to their butts, does this affect that in any way? Well, I'm not sure. Um, it, 
you know, the the jury is out on that. It shouldn't. If you had fat transfer and you still have cellulite, um, you're going you're still going after the band. So uh, it, it it shouldn't make any difference at all. To be honest with you, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm I always see people who aren't looking for fat transfer into their buttocks if they have cellulite. <laughs> They're trying to get rid of the fat, but it shouldn't make a difference in that regard at all. Um, in fact, I, I think it's it's just a matter of picking the people that have the dimples. So whether you had fat transfer in there or not, I don't I don't think it would make a difference whatsoever. Well, that'd be interesting to see if they've done any studies on that, whether it would or not. Well, I, I don't know whether or not you're going to get enough people to even enter a study like that. I think that the bottom line, literally, is whether or not you have dimples. And if you have the dimples, that means you have the bands that are creating that, that dimple. And you could slice through that band, regardless if you have a lot of fat or a little fat around it, it makes no difference whatsoever. You're still releasing that band. Interesting. So this does sound like another exciting technology that we will see evolve into other body parts. Yeah. yeah, I think wow. so. Um, it's it's really um, it is exciting. I wish in some ways it was easier. I mean, what what makes it less exciting than say micro needling or ATX about which we just spoke is the fact that it's a little bit more um, difficult to perform, um, and you know you have to have the right people around to help you with it. It's not like a standalone thing. I need to have at least one, if not two other people in the room as I'm doing this because this is a sterile procedure. Whereas when I'm doing injectables of ATX 101 or if I'm doing microneedling, I could literally do that on my own without even an assistant. So again, it's one of those things that I, uh, I, I, I am embracing. I think it's a great treatment. I think it gives great results. But it is a little bit hard. It's a, a steeper learning curve for not only the physician, but also um, it takes a little bit more time uh, of, of my patients as well. What's the cost? The cost often depends on how many dimples are being treated, but runs on average anywhere between three and five thousand dollars. So three thousand dollars would be for. So how do you price it per dimple per area? I usually do it by the number of dimples. So, um, you know, most people aren't just coming in to have one dimple replaced. Let's face it. If you have cellulite, right. you're going to have several dimples. But some people just have uh, anywhere between 5 and 10, which is a small area, and that would be on the 3,000 side. Some people have okay. 20, 30, or more, which would be more on the $5,000 side. And then there's a range in between. Again, you know, these are all things that we're working about, uh, uh, out, but I think that on average most of these um, treatments will raise between three and five thousand, and it will depend on how many dimples are being treated. Interesting, very interesting. Well, I want to thank you so much for talking to us this afternoon about all these new sighting technologies, and I know you'll be coming to San Francisco shortly. And listeners can reach you on your website, which is www.skinlaser.com. Is that correct? That's correct. And you also have a your own skincare line called Skin Is In, and that can That's be ordered right. on your a, website as well. Yes, and your your listeners are more than um, uh, uh, well. You're, they're invited to go on and see what I have. I have uh, skincare lines that I prepackage for every man, woman, child, and teen. So I have facial cleansers and moisturizers and non chemical SPF. So I try to make it 
simple uh, in terms of uh, skincare kits for every skin type and every uh, gender. <laughs> so for the entire family. That's right. So, you know, you want to start good skin care habits when people are young uh, and, and have people get started with uh, sunscreen at a very early age so you don't end up having to spend a gazillion million dollars to get rid of your wrinkles, which are caused by sun damage through the years. Right, right. That's very that's very true. But you know, I'm I'm surprised. I see clients that come to me, and I ask them if they use sunblock, and you be and and they shake their head no. And I think that a lot of people still think that they don't need to use sunblock every day, and they don't need to use it if it's cloudy, and they're so wrong, or they don't need to use it on their décolleté, and that's that's really a lot of misinformation. Really is. You know, it's interesting. People hear what they want to hear. I have so many people who say, well, how about my vitamin D levels? I need to have sun for vitamin D. Well, I said, if you walk outside for 10 minutes, you have enough, you, you've produced enough vitamin D in your in your skin. So, Or just take vitamin D supplements or calcium supplements. So I, I really know um, how much damage the sun does um, to one's skin. I, every single day, I most of my patients coming in are having treatments for things that they did to themselves in terms of sun damage. So um, I'm always surprised. I have the same people coming back year after year to reverse the damage that they did the previous summer. Um, I, I guess I should be happy. I mean, I like these people very right. much, but I'd rather be seeing them for any number of other things than treating the same stuff because they didn't use enough sunscreen. Um, I literally, I have, I put sunscreen on. I, I, I'm in Washington, D.C. We had a very heavy winter this year. I can tell you every single morning I put on sunscreen. There are days, many, many days over the last few months that I didn't see the light of day. I wouldn't, it was dark when I went to work and it was dark when I went home, yet I put sunscreen on every day. It doesn't, you don't have to smell like the beach. There are so many good sunscreens out there that you can mix and match with your makeup or moisturizer. So it's, it should be like putting on your seatbelt when you go in a car. Right. It's just habit. And if you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars on these treatments, then the least thing you should be thinking about is taking care of it and preventing more damage by using a good sunblock. Exactly. I get, yeah. That we, yeah, it should be very simple. So I do, uh, I do what I preach. I, I put sunblock on every day, and when I go to sunny destinations, I really don't even – I never lie out at the beach anymore. Um, I, I literally uh, will – I'll take a walk uh, when it's uh, shady. I'll wear a broad-brimmed hat. I wear long sleeves. Um, I, I really do not like the sun. And I used to be a lifeguard at the beach, so uh, I'm with all those people who have done damage in the past, but it's in the past. I, I do believe that going forward, everybody should know better and wear sunscreen every day. Well, that's a really good information that I hope listeners take to heart because it is really important. But I want to thank you again, Dr. Alster, for joining me this afternoon and have a wonderful weekend. And thank you again. And thanks for listening to Nip Tuck Talk. Please follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest at Nip Tuck Talk. And if you have any questions, you can email me at info at Nip Tuck Coach. Remember, you only have one face and one body, so choose wisely. See you next week. Thanks again. Bye now. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Nip Tuck Coach Radio. 
Join us next week for another exciting program about the world of cosmetic surgery and beauty. To learn more about Michelle Garber, go to www.niptuckcoach.com. To consult with Michelle directly, call 415-494-7211.